Hello and welcome to the Date Night Movie Podcast. I'm your host, Patrick Russell, and with me is my co-host, Ashley Russell. Hey, Happy New Year, everybody. This is a show where each week, Ash and I, we talk about a new movie that's playing in theaters, and then we break it down, whether we thought it was good or bad, and whether or not it would make for a good date movie. And on this episode, we're going to be talking about the female-led action spy thriller, The 355. But before we get to that, we have to tell folks about our own feature film. It's called Tiny Dancers, which they can watch right now on Prime Video. And if you're listening and you like your comedies kind of down and dirty in the vein of Clerks or a Bad Santa, give this movie a watch and have a laugh. So that's Tiny Dancers, and you can stream it right now on Amazon Prime. Go watch it. So The 355. Yes. This is kind of a, an all-female ensemble espionage action movie. Such great actresses. Oh, my God. It's so awesome. You know, the, I think the clear comparison that they're going for here is like Jason Bourne, like a female-led Jason Bourne movie, which sounds pretty good on paper. Yeah. This movie has a 24% on Rotten Tomatoes. What? No, uh, that's not right. People not loving it. Ugh. So... <laughs> They don't know good cinema if it hits them in the face. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, like you were saying, we do have a lot of talented actors in this film, uh, starting with Jessica Chastain, Diane Kruger, Lupita Nyong'o, Penelope Cruz. So many talented ladies. Here. I mean, they're pretty much all like Oscar nominated or Oscar winners or, you know, whatever. That's one thing that's interesting. Like they didn't necessarily go for actresses who are known for action type films. I guess Diane Kruger, she's been physical in some flicks. I, I'm going to be honest. Like, I don't remember many of her past films. Well, Inglorious Bastards. Well, that was good. She was choked out. Yeah. Big time. By Tarantino himself. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, you know, this was a hot project when it was announced a few years back at the Cannes Film Festival. And I believe the idea began with Jessica Chastain, who's a producer on this. And I think uh, this just sprang out of her desire to see more female-led action films, which uh, I'm totally on board with. Yeah. You do need a good director, though. And um, here we got Simon Kimberg. Who is that? He's had a lot of success as a screenwriter. He's written a number of X-Men movies. His directorial debut was with Dark Phoenix, which we talked about on this show. Oh, that's no, no good. I mean, whether you think it's good or bad, it killed the franchise. Yeah. So, um, but here he is again with, uh, you know, a big budget, I think. <laughs> that's, that's something I'm, I'm also confused by because I think this was greenlit around like 75, 80 million. The listed budget... On Wikipedia is 40. So if it was actually 40 million, that makes sense. Because the movie, I mean, we'll get into it. It, it, it feels kind of cheap in the no. action. Wrong. I guess I'm just, I'm curious what the actual budget was. Like, was it greenlit at a higher level? And then like at some point during production, they halved it? Because there's not a lot of marketing for this. There isn't a lot of marketing. I'll, I'll give you that one. Because again, it was announced with major, major investment, you know, like 75 million minimum. And I don't know. I mean, the, the finished product just seems um, l like they cut some corners. I disagree. Okay. Well, yeah, let's get into it. So <laughs> this movie, <laughs> it opens in Colombia, opening scene in Colombia. And in this scene, uh, we establish the movie's plot device, which is uh, a, a data key, a computer drive type, it's a type cyber, deal. It's a cybersecurity device where it unlocks any kind of encrypted... Databases, cloud, 
I mean, you name it, they can hack it with this device. So a lot shut of down power grids. Shut down power grids. Take down it airplanes. Can take down airplanes. It can hack into governments. Very dangerous in the wrong hands. Yes. Type of device, and so it's stolen by an agent who's played by Edgar Ramirez, uh, who's trying to sell it to the CIA. Yeah, I don't understand what his motivation is. Why doesn't um, he just give it to the CIA? I mean, he had to have run from the Colombians. Like, why didn't he just give it over to the, the Colombian government? I mean, I know that they're corrupt and all that, but... I wouldn't roll the dice, like, trying to ransom something to the CIA. See, that's, personally. The, that's one <laughs> thing that was missing in this movie was a little bit more backstory on him. Instead of just being like the guy that just picked up the device because he was there doing a shootout because <laughs> they think it's a drug deal. The opening scenes are, are kind of chaotic. I guess like any espionage movie, yeah. it's a lot of plot. And uh, the Colombian drug lord's son is the one that created this data key. He's the one that manufactured it. And then they were going to do a deal together. And the overall bad guy completely shot up the Colombian drug lord and his son. I mean, all of their goons were out. And then he wanted to get the drive, but he couldn't get it because bullets were going back and forth. And so he had to escape. And so that's why the Colombian government was outside the house thinking that this was going to be like a big drug deal. And they're like, well, what's going on? And so they were already staking out the house, and then they heard the shots, and then they, they rushed the house at that point. And This is all the opening scene. This is all the opening scene. Yeah. So, yeah, again, kind of chaotic, like yeah. a, whole, a whole lot of information being thrown at you. So, yeah, after that opening scene, we then establish the CIA agents played by Jessica Chastain and Sebastian Stan. They're both, they both work at the CIA, and they've been partners for a long time. And then they get tasked to go on this mission to get this cybersecurity key, and it takes them to, to Paris, France. And they were supposed to make the drop and then pay the $3 million that Edgar Ramirez wanted. So he can go off the grid with his family. And so they were they were working and their cover was to be a couple on their honeymoon. But they didn't end up getting together until like their relationship is complicated because they've been partners. They've been friends for a long time. And then this trip and this mission is the first time that they consummated and that they had sex. I guess to me, the, their relationship didn't seem that complicated. They're people who work together and who also fuck. Okay, so their relationship, they're um, undercover <laughs> in France, um, and they're going to do a drop-off because Edgar requested the CIA to pay them $3 million, and he'll do the transfer, n no biggie. But then, I guess, apparently all these government agencies find out about it. So Germany, which is Diane Kruger, uh, Germany's secret agency, gets involved. And there's a awesome like chase, I think. Yeah, there's a big scene around here. And yeah, Diane Kruger and Jessica Chastain, they definitely throw down. They do throw down. Moment. It's, it's not bad. I think it's awesome. It's not bad. I do. <laughs> and then... Um, We've seen better hand-to-hand -hand fights. I guess it's like the, the camera work I thought was terrible all throughout. Well, I Very guess, shaky. I guess I'm not looking at that. I, it felt like they were going for like a Jason Bourne shaky cam aesthetic. Yeah. But just not pulled off as well. Again, the Jason Bourne movies, they're double the budget. Yeah. So they can pull this stuff off with a lot more finesse. I mean, whatever. So 
Diane's character, I mean, she was a barista and they were supposed to meet at this cafe. And Diane is the, the barista at this cafe that the U.S. CIA agents, Jessica Chastain and Sebastian, were meeting with Edgar. And they were supposed to do a drop-off and a handoff, really easy-peasy, in and out. Shit goes well, sideways. And then Diane's character ends up stealing the wrong bag. And she stole the bag with the $3 million versus the other bag, which... I don't even think had the device in it. He had. So was she terrible at her job? Yeah. Because I mean that's a that's a big screw up. I well I don't think she's terrible. I think she takes a lot of risks. I think she's just very like aggressive and gung ho versus and, like, like stealthy. Like jumps in. Yeah, versus being stealthy and and all of that. And so now we have a chase going on where Jessica Chastain is is chasing Diane. And then Edgar is being chased by Sebastian. And is this like when they go down into like the subway? Yeah. And Sebastian, we think he's shot. He dies off camera. Yeah. Sebastian Stan's character, yeah. he dies off camera. So we don't see it, but yes. And you called that. Yeah. Pretty much like during their first scene together, you were like, he's going to die. I'm like, yeah, you might be right. And then a few scenes later, he's dead. Yeah. So that happens. And I guess that really motivates her to kind of avenge his death and get this drive back sort of deal. Yeah, um, so the next scene, we see her coming to a debriefing with the big guy, the big CIA boss guy. And he's the one that pretty much tells her to go after the device herself and turns off all the cameras, turns off everything, and pretty much gives her the go-ahead to, to do what she needs to do. And she's like, okay, I need a team. And so she hooks up with Lupita Nyong'o, um, and she's a part of MI6, but she's a cybersecurity guru. It's like a, like a hacker type. She's a hacker, and so they, they end up teaming up. And then also the a psychiatrist who's involved with Edgar Ramirez's character, played by Penelope Cruz. I think that Penelope Cruz is Edgar's psychiatrist. I wish there was more of his backstory, Edgar's backstory. Why was Penelope in there? Like, is he is he a little insane? Is he going crazy? Like, what is yeah. shit his is, motivation? Shit is happening real fast in those opening scenes, and you're not entirely sure in the moment what people's motivations are. Yeah. I guess initially I thought their connection was like they were related or, or something. No. 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 They're no. not related. wasn't romantic. No. Like, there was nothing. Because she has, like, another, like, husband. Yeah. She has a family. She's got a family. Until the gunpoint later. She, she is she is not a fighter. She doesn't, you know, shoot weapons. Like that's not who That was kind of disappointing. Yeah. Not seeing Penelope Cruz really doing any kind of action. In most of the action scenes, we cut to Penelope Cruz like crying in a corner. Yeah, like she's hiding. That happened multiple times. That was very disappointing. Uh, I would have loved to see her kick some ass. Absolutely. That's one thing I'll, I'll say up front. Uh, Penelope Cruz totally wasted in this. You do not need an Oscar-winning actress like Penelope Cruz to just sit around and cry in a corner while all her other female co-stars are kicking ass. Yeah. Because uh, all the other ladies do get their moments to shine, I, I would say. And they all come together in this warehouse so Edgar decides to give the device over to the Colombian government at this point, and then they are all walking to a safe spot and all trying to get transportation, go home, and they're at a port. One of the bodyguards turns on them and kills Edgar and kills everybody. And so he transferred the encryption key 
and the locator because he put a locator on the device. And so only her fingerprint was able to unlock his phone. Penelope Cruz's fingerprint? Yeah. So that's why they need Penelope Cruz. That's why they need Penelope Cruz. And She's then, so wasted. And then Diane Kruger and Jessica Chastain and Lupita, they're all in, in this warehouse. And that's how they all they all meet because they're all fighting each other. And they're all trying to go after the same bad guy. And then I think they realize, you know, maybe we can just come together. I mean, structurally, that's a good way to kind of like build your team. You know, you start out as adversaries. And then you kind of come together towards a common goal. And so that that is fun. But yeah, we don't we don't really get backstories on, on any of these women. Mm-mm. And that's uh, a disappointment. But yeah, the really the bulk of the movie is just them trying to hunt down this data drive. Yep. Right? Yep. And so I guess before we get into spoilers, you know, overall, what what did you think of this movie? I loved it. <laughs> I, I enjoyed it immensely. Like, it was a good, just kick ass. I mean, I think you saw me in the theater. I was like punching in, in air. When you get into a movie and there's like an action scene and people are, like, are kicking butt, you'll like like swing your, your hands as fists. <laughs> <laughs> cute. You get into it and it, it's cute. And yeah, that was that was going on. I mean, we get some we get some heavy action towards the end of the film. I mean, I mean, there's action all throughout. I mean, it's... It, no, I, I, I absolutely enjoyed this film. I mean, you know, it's not like the best acting. It's not the best action. But I don't know. For me, it, it just clicked. It was just like good fun. And of all the crap that we've been watching lately, because there hasn't been that that great of movies that have graced my eyeballs recently, um, this was a <laughs> pleasant surprise. <laughs> What yeah? What was the last? Uh, the King's Man. I mean, the King's Man was bad. We've seen some some shit shows. I yeah, I'll probably put this a notch above King's Man. Um, for me, like I'll, I'll use two comparisons that we've discussed on this show. One is a high point of like a female ensemble action movie, which is Birds of Prey. We talked about that here. Another would be a low point for female ensemble action movie, which is Kristen Stewart's. Charlie's Angels remake. Oh, that's yeah. a low point. I think the women here hold their own, and I think the best thing I can say about this: none of the women here embarrass themselves. No. Whereas in Charlie's Angels, like that was an embarrassing film. None of the women do that here. But I mean, at the same time, you know, the choreography doesn't feel inspired or next level. Like Birds of Prey was was taking it to the next level. Well, you liked it because of the, it was pretty gory i mean it was hard hitting i mean it was choreographed by like the john wick team yeah so and they had the budget to pull this stuff off each scene if you go back and watch birds of prey each action scene whether it's a fight scene or a car chase each action scene has its own feel you know like each each set piece feels like a set piece here it's the action just kind of blends together into kind of like a shaky mush but you know birds of prey wasn't necessarily you know there wasn't a lot of plot this it had its plot. It had its plot. Yeah. I don't remember what the plot was of Charlie's Angels. Yeah. 355 is better than Charlie's Angels. I- I'll say that. And I-, I like what this movie's trying to do. These women, they're trying to do their own kick-ass thing, kind of carve out a space for themselves w- where they can be front and center. Yeah. And I dig that. And this movie, it's original-ish, um, even though you're derivative of other spy movies. It's just, um, yeah, the action... Didn't really do it for me. Like, I go to these movies for the action. But ladies, it did it for me. Yeah, that's it. It's watchable. Yeah. I wasn't bored. Let's take a break. When we come back, we'll get into spoilers for the 355. All right, we're back. 
and we're going to get into spoilers for the 355. And so right off the top, hey, turns out Sebastian Stan. He's not dead. He's not dead. And he's working with terrorists. Yeah, he's working with the big bad guy. I'm not sure what his motivation is. But just like you called that Sebastian Stan was going to die, as soon as it happened, I called that he'll probably be revealed as not dead in the third act and become the villain. Yeah. And that happens. Yeah. I think the big bad ultimately is Sebastian Stan. He is, yeah. I mean, he ends like there's up, other guys he's working with. He ends up killing the man that he works for at the end. Um, so he does end up becoming the big bad guy. Yeah, Sebastian Stan. I mean, and yeah, the way he betrays everyone. I mean, he's he, he's a piece of shit in this. Oh my god, he completely did a 180. I mean, he is letting his asshole fly. <laughs> Uh, it's. It doesn't seem like it's like that's great that the movie was so predictable to both of us. I mean, for like a, a twisty espionage movie, both you and I kind of predicted major plot twists. I mean, the second you saw Sebastian Stan, you're like, he's gonna die. That that's one knock against it. This movie is pretty cliched and pretty predictable. You could say. That is true. What would have been... It's very derivative of other spy movies. You, you can spot these beats coming. What would have been interesting... Instead of Sebastian being the big, big bad, then one of the girls ends up being the big bad. Like a Bing Bing fan? Yeah. Or Lupita. Or even uh, Diane Kruger's character. Uh, that would have been maybe a little bit more interesting is if we reveal that one of the ladies was the big bad. But isn't this movie all about the group of ladies coming together as good people? That mean, then that would mean you'd have to kill off one of the ladies, and then they're not coming back for a sequel. You can't set up a franchise. I mean, will they be coming back for a sequel? <laughs> but I mean, it, See, I mean, prospects you, cloudy. You could probably have killed off like Penelope Cruz. Like she could have. <laughs> but but out of all them, you could have killed you, killed you her off. Killed, but yeah. it would have been. She's doing the least. You know what? But it would have been interesting because that her character is like, I'm not going to shoot anybody. I'm not. I'm so. <laughs> and reserved. then she becomes like a cold blooded killer. Cold-blooded killer. I'm and into like, it. Really, her character, just because her character yes. was the most wasted and useless, yeah, that would have put her to good use. Uh, <laughs> right? Like, that would have that would have been really cool. Yeah, that, that I could have rolled with, because they're not using her for anything else. And uh, I guess, like, I want to point out one pretty good scene that happens late in the film where the character's significant others are held at gunpoint on oh, camera. Yeah. Like, all of them are just, like, lined up by gunpoint. And, like, they're broadcasting it on, like, a series of monitors. Yeah. <laughs> and a number of them get executed. Uh, I mean, that's one thing I'll give this movie props for. There's a decent body count. Oh, I mean, yeah. it's, the killing is bloodless, but um, a, a sizable number of people die. And so uh, I think Diane Kruger's guy gets popped. Yeah. Like, Peter so- Nyong'o's guy definitely gets popped. Yeah. <laughs> and, like, Penelope Cruz, her husband and her son are just like awkwardly sitting on yeah. a couch while people hold guns to their heads. It's uh, it's kind of nuts. And I guess this is like one moment where Penelope Cruz does shine. And uh, all the women in this scene, when they're forced to react yeah. to the horror of possibly seeing their loved ones die in front of them. Lupita did a great job with that. Lupita was oh, great. Yeah. yeah, all the women uh, are really forced to bring it. And this is a scene where you're, you're kind of grateful that you have actors – of a high caliber yeah. performing this scene because yeah, they, they make you all feel it. And this scene is disturbing. <laughs> I, 
I, I'm always disturbed whenever like a child's life is threatened. <laughs> like, well, because they're innocent. They they've they've got nothing to do with adult play. Yeah, I use. I prefer if movies don't like bring kids into life life or death situations. But I mean, you know, whatever the kid survives. I think Penelope Cruz's family, yeah. like they're the ones who got spared. Well, that's because the they gave <laughs> they gave up and they gave the location of the device. Yeah, that's why they're holding them at gunpoint. They want them to give up, you know, give up the ghost. Give. <laughs> I don't want to like tell you the whole story because I do want you guys to go see it. This but there, spoilers. there, there is a twist. We in, get introduced to the Chinese. What's her name? Bing Bing Fan. Yeah, Bing, we haven't Bing we haven't fan. talked much about her, but she's in this a couple scenes. She does, she's I think amazing. Her, like she yeah she has her moments yeah. where she shines. She's not in it for a whole lot, but she has more to do than Penelope Cruz. Well, yeah, and then you you think that she's a she's a big bad, but in all actuality, she's working for the Chinese um, intelligence agency as well, who is trying to get this device out of the bad guy's hands. So, spoiler: the CIA agent, the one that tells Chastain to go out on her own, he's a bad guy. He's the one that sets off the planes with the device, and but then he so get that's killed? yeah by Bing Bing fan. And then they right. reveal. Got it. She was. She revealed, was doing a good thing. We yeah. thought she was doing a bad thing, but it turns out she was doing a good thing. Yeah. The old switcheroo. The big boss and Sebastian were in on this together, and so she sets herself up as a auctionist, and she's putting this device on auction. This is the climax. It's in Shanghai. Yeah. She puts the thing on auction, and then they all bid on it, and then Sebastian bids the highest, and he thinks that he's getting the device, and she does a 180 and flips on him and gives him a decoy. And then he gets beat up pretty bad, and this is when they come back and they find out where everybody is. I mean, look, in the Mission Impossible movies, I don't give a shit about the plot. I, I don't, I mean, the plots don't make any sense. So this plot, I mean, who cares? It's about the action. You go to a Mission Impossible movie for the great stunts, the great action, the cruise control. You don't go for the plots. I mean, who cares? I do. I love all that stuff. What was the plot of the last Mission Impossible movie? Can you sum it up in like a couple sentences? Is that Ghost Protocol? That was number four. We're, uh, I'm talking about. Well, we're getting off track here. <laughs> what was the plot of Ghost Protocol? You had to go under ghost. (laughs) (laughs) You had to become a ghost. What were they all after in Ghost Protocol? Do you remember? Uh, The Big Bad. Yep. (laughs) So, yeah, in a lot of ways, this movie, it's definitely in line with those big budget espionage movies, I guess, without the big budget. So the action feels a little compromised in my book, but it's paced pretty well. And, yeah. you know, for two hours, like I, you know, like I said earlier, I, I wasn't necessarily bored. No. Uh, I was, I, I was with it all throughout. And yeah. And so the climax, uh, it's a, a big ass shootout. Yeah. They're doing the big ass shootout. And then in my back of my mind, I'm like, why don't you just destroy the damn thing? Because. Destroy that, the hard drive. Destroy the, the cybersecurity key thing. Because regardless of whose government has it. Eventually they do, don't they? Yeah, they end up destroying it. But I'm like, you know, that, just that was... Just do it already. Just do it, you know? Because they, they ended up realizing that their governments are all corrupt and they wanted the, the key for themselves. And so they ended up getting blacklisted and now they're they're kind of running for their lives. Is this after the shootout? Yeah. 
Okay. And that, I mean, and look, and that shit out, um, I mean, pretty solid. All the ladies are firing off, mm-hmm. like, automatic weapons. And Penelope Cruz does shoot Sebastian. But she fires off one one pistol, but she doesn't kill him. But she doesn't kill him. And so that, yeah, that's one of my most frustrating aspects for me, is that we don't see Sebastian Stan die horribly on camera. No, that would have been a good... Yeah. Why rob us? Thing. Why rob us of that? And so, like, we get this kind they of... They don't even kill him at the end, either. Exactly. We get this final scene where he's, like, chilling on a couch, and the 355 kind of show mm. up. He's with Jessica Chastain. Yeah, but before that, Sebastian is now the head of the CIA. Somehow he convinced the CIA to let him back in and convince them that Jessica Chastain was the was the traitor all along. As to how he does this, uh, don't know. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, this is all a little fuzzy as to like how this happens. Well, because it doesn't. They don't. They don't show it on camera. But yeah, he's somehow ascended to the top of the CIA, and he he has a scene with Jessica Chastain and. Turns out she's not alone. She's got the 355 with her. Yep. And she poisoned his drink. In ice cubes. She poisoned the ice in his drink. Yeah. But we don't see him die still. No, and he doesn't die. Like this movie gives us three fake out deaths with this guy. Like just kill him. Yeah. Like brains, like on the floor, dead. I mean, uh, satisfying. Like, <laughs> Give he, me a good bloody because death. Because he was really an asshole. And he was really like psychological. Like, this movie has a high body count. Yeah. And, and it's all on him. <laughs> pretty much. And Sebastian Stan gets shot and poisoned. And he's still alive and we by don't, the time the yeah, credits roll. And we don't get the satisfaction of him dying. And so it's like kind of an awkward scene where he's like on the couch and he, he's honestly doing some bad acting. And then the girls just leave, and we don't know. We don't see like the yeah, team he, coming in to go. To is he going to call nine one one and be like, okay? Like, what's well, a Chinese poison that has like venom and all that's this right. Stuff it's in it. It, Bing Bing's concoction. Yeah. <laughs> and so they end I up going that. on their separate ways, and you know, setting it up for maybe a sequel. sequel. So okay, so what would you would call you, the sequel? The three six six. I don't know. Oh, yeah, and let's talk about the title real quick because it, it's it's really just explained in a single throwaway line. At the very end. At the very end, yeah, during this yeah. apartment scene. She's just like, hey, by the way, did you know? It refers to a, a an unidentified agent who fought for General Washington during the American Revolution. And it was a female agent. She was known as, they called her the 355. <laughs> so that's, and at no point do they call themselves the 355. She just says this line and then... The ladies walk out of the apartment, and then that's it. So it's, I guess in my book, that makes this kind of a bad title. I agree. Not the best title. Like, very obscure title. Yeah. That has nothing to do with the film. I mean, I guess the reference is Jessica Chastain is going to be that agent that is going to be behind the scenes and behind, you know, everything. My question is, why didn't Jessica Chastain wire herself? Get, I mean, he can pretty much confess to everything at the end like if you if you just had a wire on and recorded or even like one of the ladies like recording the conversation she could have cleared her name yeah because he, he's spilling the beans oh yeah well that was one of the things i was like well is she wearing a wire because that would have been something that she probably should have done would have been smart maybe she did and that'll be like revealed in the sequel that'll go but like straight to peacock how would you rate this movie uh, i'll give it a, a c plus oh i would give it an a minus Okay. 
I enjoyed this movie. I think it's a great date movie. It's yeah, even though it didn't get my jollies, it is a decent date movie. Yeah. Because again, I wasn't bored. You enjoyed it. You know, I like. Uh, I'm down for original stuff. With I mean, just give me yeah, give me new shit. That's all I ask. And it's yeah, it's better than Charlie's Angels. The ladies don't embarrass themselves. Um, you know, I wish it was R-rated and like directed by John Woo, but oh, whatever. R-rated and they throw some f-bombs. It, this needed a bigger budget and, in my opinion, a, a better director to really like take this action to the next level. When you think of a Bourne movie, you think of those gripping car chases, right? Yeah. When you think of Mission Impossible, you think of the crazy eye-popping stunts. And this movie, it doesn't have an element anywhere close to that level. I think in part because it, it was underproduced. I mean, $40 million, if that's the actual cost, that's not a good budget for this type of movie. $40 million? I mean, they did a pretty good job on $40 million. If it was $40 million, I would say they stretched it pretty, uh, pretty well. But yeah. this needed double that money to really uh, make it pop. But, um, but I guess that's it. That's it. That's The 355, directed by Simon Kimberg. You can find more episodes at anchor.fm slash movie date night, as well as on Spotify and Apple Podcasts, where you can rate and review. Don't forget to check out our feature film, Tiny Dancers, which is streaming right now on Prime Video. We are on Twitter at GN Movie Podcast, and you can also email us at date night movie podcast at gmail.com. And until next time, I'm Patrick. I'm Ashley. Thanks for listening. Bye.